Welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wade. And I'm Molly O'Brien. And introducing on lead vocals, it's Demi Lovato. From Barney and Friends to chart success, Demi's blistering vocals and sexy image made her a certified pop megastar. But her career has been marked by struggle with substance abuse, eating disorder, and content warning, self-harm. And today we'll talk about all of this and more through Demi's 2013 inspirational book, Staying Strong, 365 Days a Year, as well as last year's YouTube documentary, Demi Lovato, Simply Complicated. Oh, Simply Complicated. That's just how it be, though, right? I'm more like complicatedly simple. (laughs) TVH. But first, let's introduce our own guests. Today, it's our friends and Demi Lovato superfans and scholars, Becky Stern and Hannah Weilbacher. Becky and Hannah, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, You're very welcome. Now, this is a uh, topic that uh, was brought to us through Molly through your discussions together, right? Well, yes, and um, both Becky, both Becky and Hannah are. uh, My yes, and yes, thank you, thank you, and uh, (laughs) you're welcome. And um, both both Hannah and Becky have. Uh, fantastic newsletters. These are newsletter queens we have with us tonight. Um, Hannah's is called The B-Sides, which is about pop music, um, and it's incredible. And then Becky's... Do you... I don't really have a name. You might need to get a name for your newsletter. I was going to mess around with Canva, too. That was my next step. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, but we'll, we just we'll, want to make emails that aren't bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think emails is the, the last, in some ways, the last frontier we have after, you know, Pinterest <laughs> where Pinterest leaves off email can come pick it up and save the day. Um, but uh-huh. we'll, we'll, we'll plug those, those, uh, co- subscription links at the end <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for sure. But, um, both, both pop, pop music fans and, uh, experts. And we're very happy to have you on tonight. And so was it your your guys' idea to talk about Demi? Um, I think Molly was like, you should come on and gave me a list of pop. I was like, only pop, because that's really all that like I listen to. And then, What else is there? Right. It's the, I was going to say, like the best-selling I yeah. I uh, I gave Becky a list that was like, it was like Demi Lovato and then like four different Spice Girls autobiographies. <laughs> <laughs> and she chose Demi. And then I chose good. Demi, but I was like, I would be good. But um, I know my friend Hannah is even better. So that's how we got and, Hannah. And that's how we assembled this brain trust. Yes. Oh, uh, that's wonderful. Because, and I'm especially uh, happy to be o- a little overstaffed on the knowledge, demi knowledge today because I've got to be honest, folks. I'm coming back from doing something like uh, six Chapo live shows in eight days, uh, all up the, the east coast of these great United States. And I have had zero time to think about the pop music stylings of Demi Lovato. So I'm going in blind today. Uh, I really do not think that I could name a Demi Lovato song, uh, though I'm looking forward to this uh, show for to help me finally start sorting through the real differences between Demi Lovato, Selena Gomez, and Ariana how does she pronounce it? Well, Groon? today I saw a tweet that said she actually pronounces it Ariana Grandy. Did anyone else see this? I today? saw that. I saw that today too. Hannah? Yeah. I don't know. I've seen her introduce herself. She, I feel like she says Grande, but maybe I put that in my head and it's not true. It was like a an interview. I think it was in Australia or something. I don't know where they were, but she, she clearly pronounced it Grandy and like everything's different now. Also today, Chrissy Teigen was like, actually my name is Chrissy Teigen. These are the, oh these are the, uh, W E B 
Du Bois, W E B Du Bois controversies yeah. of our day. They truly are. Well, yes. I just I'm I don't know. I'm I'm really shaken up personally. So it's definitely Demi Lovato. And if you want to have follow up conversations about Selena Gomez and about Ariana, whatever her last name is, we would be happy to go in depth into those other two amazing, <laughs> amazing pop princesses in their own right with I, I personally have a lot of feelings about both of them right now also. So we could, we could um, go on and on. But yeah, you'll, by the end of this, you will know who Demi Lovato is. Let's great. Say. Well, that's the that kind of launches into our first segment of the show, which is your uh, background of it. I personally, I don't even know what Demi stands for or short form. Wait, oh, oh, oh like yeah, the name? name? I'm like, she stands for like LGBTQ rights. <laughs> what a, look, I, I don't know her, but uh, I would have to hear her positions before I would uh, uh, give my vote for her. She's anti-bullying. Yeah, she's got a whole platform. She has a whole platform. She's very anti-bullying. Go on her website. Chris. I do actually love that that pop stars do have to basically have like a platform of their issues right now. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, like like the political signif- signifiers of being like, I don't know, a, a musician who like mostly writes big, glossy, like, you know, love and breakup songs that you also need to like have a position on the nature of yeah. bullying as a social phenomenon to yeah. like exist in, in the world. Yeah. I don't know. It seems yeah. like it seems like we're asking a lot of weird things from these people for inscrutable reasons. I mean, if you take up that much cultural oxygen and cultural space, you should have something to say and something to give back to the conversations that you are a part of. Not Especially to- something like bullying, the example that you mentioned, which is such a part of their daily lives on social media. Like they have opinions and we should have, we should hear them. Don't do a bully. Well, yeah. And also this was a huge <laughs> topic of conversation about Taylor Swift. Oh yeah. Exactly. Her. The cipher Not to Taylor divert Swift. fully. But. So, someday, someday we're going to to fully uh, exp- get expunge Taylor Swift's voting records. Yeah, oh my God, can't wait. <laughs> Whoever has Van in uh, in Tennessee, yeah, yeah, that's how you can see what she's registered yeah. as. Look it up, public record. Uh, yeah. yeah, do 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 your. Best I bet to, she to... doesn't vote at all. <laughs> yeah, I bet she. I bet she's a registered no, like she, no party. She took she took that photo of her oh. coming out of the voting booth, right? And she I bet. <laughs> She paid them. It was in line, so maybe she didn't even go in. Yeah, yeah. So she you... just went in and stood there for a second and then left. <laughs> was like, this would be great for my gram. I mean, you're you you are a political uh, pro. What like could can I go to the voting office booth and just go in and then leave? The, no, like, you take can't a ballot go... and then just hand it back and be like, I changed my mind. Well, you wouldn't be able to get a ballot unless you were on the rolls. Okay, but, but yes, I did a ballot and I could just yeah. be like. Yeah. Uh, you know what? No one's really striking my yeah, fan. No one's really leaping out yeah. to me on yeah. this one. They'd rip it up in front I'm, of you. I'm saying, I'm calling it. Taylor Swift has never voted for anybody <laughs> in her life because she knows that it would put her more on the line than than having like an actual stand for something. But she's a, you know, she's a feminist. Uh, so anyway, who, Molly, what's your experience? My with experience Demi? with Demi Lovato is that I became familiar with her. She was ever so slightly past my personal. Uh, pop landscape when she was in Disney. I was a little bit past Disney yeah. at that point. Like Camp Rock was just, I probably was like a year outside of the bracket oh, of Camp sense. Rock. She's in Camp yeah. Rock? Yeah. That's Camp like Rock a was, Jonas Brothers thing, right? Yeah. Yes. I'm sure learning was. so much already. Yeah. So she was in <laughs> oh that and that's how she, she broke out. I probably wasn't familiar with her until yeah. um, the heart, heart Attack song. Mm. The heart, Great song. heart of Break. Heart, Give Your Heart a Break. Give Your Heart a Break. Um, did There's also a heart attack song. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. attack. Oh, those are both great songs. Some of the only ones that like really crossed the top forty for her. So you're, 
you're on it. Yeah, that's I'm familiar with the biggest, the biggest of the biggest of of Demi. And then I I think I became a, a more of a fan uh, with Cool for the Summer. I thought that song ruled. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, have been familiar with her story, honestly, more from the celebrity gossip side than from the actual musical creation side. And I feel like she wasn't really. I mean, we'll, we'll talk. That's that's how I feel. Um, <laughs> we can now please share share yours, Becky. Sure, I'm sure Hannah's will be a lot longer. I I'm pretty sure I watched all of Sunny with a Chance, which was her oh. TV show on Disney. Because it, I don't it didn't spawn off Wizards of Waverly Place. Was it connected in some way? I don't really remember. How old were know. you when I'm, that show was? I definitely too old probably to be watching it. Um, well, maybe not that much. I'm two years younger than you. Yeah. So, but I think I was just right on the cusp of that being like relevant I or not think relevant. We were like thirteen or yeah. fourteen, right, Hannah? We were older. Yeah, because Demi's our age. We were older. Demi's our yes. age. She's twenty six. Yeah, she's, she's our, exactly age, so our age. So she was doing coke in the bathroom on Sunny with a Chance. She was like fifteen yep. or yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, what, did how, I? Oh, we'll, wait, get what, we'll get there. How how old did you think you were during this? I'm saying Demi was like 15 or 16. Okay. And how, how old yeah. were you during this? I must have been 15 or 16, I guess. We're the okay. same age. We're the same age. Right. Demi, yeah. Right? I, I'm just and Miley and Selena, your... that whole crew. Uh, this is, Sunny with a Chance ran from uh, February 2009 to January 2011. Yes, I was too old to be watching that show. <laughs> yeah. okay. We were 17. So. Okay, great, great, great. I was, just, I, I was trying to make some of those numbers uh, connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, uh, we were too old. So that is I don't think there's necessarily too old. It's just more whether it was on your radar as like a given or if you more sought it out because of whether you were interested in it. Well, I definitely watched Camp Rock um, as well yeah. because I had watched High School Musical. So it so wait, fell this, into the category. This show is about a, a girl who, who goes on a show. Yeah. Very meta. Yeah. That is very meta. Yeah. All of Disney's, to like pop music, uh, a lot of Disney shows are about being famous. Yes. I mean, that's the, yeah. the Hannah, Montana. Hannah Montana. Yeah. Hannah, Hannah Montana. Montana. Hannah Montana. <laughs> the Hannah Montana kids see, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. was iCarly yeah. a Disney thing? Because she has like I a iCarly was also. No. no, it was on Nick. Oh, that was, that was Nickelodeon. Because Nick. that, that was a show about yeah. somebody who had like a YouTube series. Oh, well, yeah. A web. Yeah. It was very ahead of its time, Miranda Cosgrove. It's, it's funny to. Yeah. Yeah. To think about all these shows where the only like conceit that they're marketing or like selling back to kids is like, wonder if you were you, but also here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just creating yeah. this. It was so effective. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. Like, it yeah. So it would effective. be cool to be in a TV show. Yeah. And like about Hannah yeah. Montana, you're like, yeah, be awesome. You just go to school, but then at night you're a pop star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just, you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Best of both worlds. And I would say that Demi, unlike a lot of like Selena and them, Demi, is one of the most talented of all of them. Yes. For sure. And has one of the, like the best vocals, but she also got wrapped up in some really bad stuff, which Mm -hmm. has followed her, I think more so than Miley and Selena. Yeah. Yeah. Hannah, I can hand it off to you or. Yeah. It was actually really funny that we so quickly talked about our ages because I was, when I was thinking about this before I realized that it was, I was always too old for Demi Lovato. I never aged out of her. I was all, it was always not appropriate for me to be as obsessed with her as I was, but I think I saw her as a peer yeah. and in that way was like totally fascinated by her immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, loved Camp Rock and always, like, I remember being, you know, like a sophomore and junior in high school and, and being aware that it was, that I was too old for this. Yeah. And so I feel like I should feel at this point, like 
even more guilty or guilty pleasurey about being so obsessed, but it's been like 10 years of me like feeling like uh, this is a guilty pleasure. And now I'm just like, fuck it. These are like the people I love. Yeah. <laughs> there's something like very, I actually was reading, um, it was really interesting because I think it was in the ringer that was talking about how like when, when Demi very publicly went through her struggles with like with addiction, mm-hmm. in some ways it could have totally been a death sentence for her um, as a Disney star. But yeah. instead her fans were at that age where they were actually like, they wanted some real stuff and they wanted yeah. to know what was actually going on and they were ready to hear. And I was definitely, that really resonated with me. Like I remember finding out what she was going through and being like, this girl has me forever. I will always be like by her side, especially yeah. just like because of how talented and special she is. I was like, I will just, I will always be there for her. It's interesting <laughs> that you say that you, she started out Very too earnestly. young for you, but she's the same age yeah. as you. And I do think that's like the pop trajectory is that yes. people start and they're that's playing down. They, you know, they yeah. might be 17, but they're playing for 12 year olds and then they're 21, but exactly. they're playing for 17 year olds. But that actually doesn't, I think the the more culture kind of gets crunched into this uh, sort of foie gras of like uh, internet, uh, what, what's the word? What's the word? Pa- pate? Like, yeah, it's like a pate. Like are, are, are you talking about of, a pate or a pat, patina? Uh, not, a, not a patina. A patina. Maybe a tiramisu. Uh, a tureen, yeah. <laughs> any, any kind of like compressed. A, a, a sweet ajout of commentary. <laughs> an aspect of, of culture. But you know what I mean? Like That's the true. more the internet makes it okay to like things and not care about liking them the more yeah. i think it's gonna matter less what what how old you are or how old someone's audience perceived I, I, audience is. i also think with disney shows like our generation maybe if this is a real difference between the two years of age difference here though is that like we grew up on lizzie mcguire and mm-hmm. like all of these shows Ugh. in a different way totally than like other people did yeah. I, I would also i mean just because I'm kind of fascinated by making this connection that so many of these shows about the behind the scenes of a famous person that it then does it not then also train you to desire that story from the people on the show where it's like, this is a show about whatever the, the, even within the world of the show, the show that she's on is presented as like a stupid fantasy like joke and the interesting stuff's happening behind the stage. Yeah. So it puts you in that mindset of like what you are already being presented is like the, the flattened, silly version of something much more complex mm-hmm. and you're literally yeah. what training yourself to watch this person's life and desire the context and story behind this thing through all these and shows. And in fact, that's honestly kind of ideologically insidious from Disney <laughs> yeah. that they put out all this stuff that, that trains the mind to invest in these people, not just as characters in a TV show, but as individuals because Disney wants to make all these people pop stars. Well, and as products. Yes, exactly. Yeah, if, Com- commodities. Yeah. I mean, they she's sang on Lizzie McGuire. I mean, mm. that when Hillary Duff was it and she's Hannah Montana, she's saying, Where's this Waverly Place? She's saying, mm-hmm. and then Demi too. They yeah. all sort of like Even Stevens, Chrissy Carlson oh, Romano. Stevens. <laughs> I forgot you're right. No, they did. They're all like they sold products super well. That's so Raven. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's so Raven. Did Raven they sing? She sang. She sang. Yes. Like Wait, a, she sang. Yeah. I don't want to get into that. I yeah. don't know enough about Raven. They had music She's videos. Like, you now too, I think. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, she's group. got a she's yeah. got something going on there. Uh, so yeah. We've, anyway, uh, we've all grown. I mean, it's funny because like I'm a big Lady Gaga fan, and she recently celebrated mm-hmm. the 10th anniversary of Just Dance. But like Demi Lovato's Whoa. been in the public eye for longer than that. Yeah, um, which is kind yeah. of nuts. Um, or at least as long. I think 08 was also her breakout year. Oh which yeah, is kind of funny when you think about a pop landscape that has supported both I, Lady Gaga and Demi Lovato. Well, I often think people forget about Demi. Like, mm-hmm. I think Hannah and I have discussed this, too, that, like, she's always kind of been there, but she always she never reached the same, the same kind of fame that, like, Miley and Selena Or, like, reach. ubiquity. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, she's, she's like, a lesser known. I think this year, actually, she's be- this, her new album has mm-hmm. reached her, has reached her even yeah. higher. Yeah. But At- even, like, I, I keep thinking she's going to get there, and I keep feeling like at some point it's not going to be super cute for me as a to be as obsessed with her as I am because she'll just be so ubiquitous that it's like everybody is. But the fact that you just share that you can't think of a, you can't name a single Demi Lovato so- well, song. Well, that's, all, that's only like, because I'm oh, bad like, at I do gotta it. like, <laughs> no, but I don't think I mean, that's actually like, yeah, I don't that's think that's huge alone. information though. Like you can name other pop songs, even if you don't listen to them, like you, you know, like, and I mean, I, I don't actually know that about you. I'm just kind of assuming, but like yeah. the fact that you can't name a single song by her, I think does kind of speak to how, close she's gotten and she never can get there yeah and yeah i and think there's especially a lot right there. now when when arianda grundle is uh <laughs> taking mm-hmm. is taking mm-hmm. off so much and is mm-hmm. like is like really reaching that a echelon and selena gomez had a big hit yes. last year so and uh miley kind of already had her her like number one pop yeah. star moment and she might come back again uh i i had actually not even thought to associate miley with with this crop because she popped so much earlier than them but and she's like really in 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 Miley that. and Demi are best well they're they're, best they're in the same cohort yeah yeah um so Miley visited it, Demi in the hospital this past time uh so it is it is interesting yeah that that I mean I guess it is then telling to what you are saying that Demi is the one that I am least uh offhandedly familiar with anyway yeah, yeah. shall There's we get information in, there should we get into the uh let's this, dig into this, her life this tome yes mm-hmm. So to preface the um, I had originally because we like to use like, you know, text and words printed on uh, uh, pages here. I tried to read her book, which I had zero context for. The book is simply, you know, each page of the book is a day, you know, from January 1st to December 31st. And what it gives year? you a different um, any year that you want. Oh, they're like aphorisms. But it's not for leap years because yeah. yeah. I don't think there's an extra leap day in there. So if you want a Demi uh, aphorism on leap day, you are. You're going to have to recycle February 28th. But yeah, so she starts each page with like uh, either a quote from her uh, herself or, you know, she quotes uh Marilyn Monroe, Harriet Tubman, um, Tupac Shakur, uh, Bible verses, like traditional Irish proverbs, which are my favorite. Um, and then she does like a little analysis and she talks in pretty vague terms about her life. It's It made me feel insane to read it. Read it reading a motivational self-help book that is supposed to be spread over the course of a year in a day, yeah. I don't recommend it. I got to a march and I had to stop. So... Um, not maybe not the best text, but I think her documentary was very revelatory. I, I um, do just love the just a smattering of like like a shotgun blast of American uh, cultural signifiers that that yeah. I assume comes from this kind of motivational book where it's just like kind of the historical figures 
that are just famous enough to learn about in a grade school textbook and like somewhat and like a, a smattering of, of famous musicians and like pop figures over the the 20th century it's like a yeah it's it's kind of like the wall of a um of a uh, of a hollywood a hollywood cafe the place where they have like all the movie pl- props on the wall oh planet hollywood yeah yeah <laughs> It's, it's like a, it's like a planet. It's Sorry, not. It's not a cafe, Chris. It's a whole planet. It's, you're right. It's like a plan- planet. It's like a planet Hollywood wall of American culture. Yeah, it's- I actually do want to draw a like explicit connection between the way that that book is created and her biography, and like the facts share with us in a second. Yeah, because I actually do think there's a lot of information about Demi that you can get from the way that she wrote that book, mm-hmm. and that that the fact that it was called Staying Strong. So she grew up a very religious person and having something that is like a devotional in that way that you like have a, a daily practice uh-huh. for her. I mean, when did this come out? 2013, 2013 or something? She was 20, 21. So for her, she, she was trying to kind of communicate to others, like what, her, what a like, you know, healthy practice yeah. would be. Yeah. And it, it is all very cliche, which is what, she kind of is, but in some ways she uses cliches. She's always been able to use cliches to, to transcend them, to uh-huh. be, to make that, you know, to, to, to identify truths that she can say to her fans, like, look, you, I, I might seem really different to you, but I'm actually the same. And this came out right after she went um, pretty public about um her struggles with addiction and sobriety mm-hmm. and like you know this kind of the the way of doing this book and deciding not to do a memoir i think she actually was like there was something like, i think she was like paid for a memoir but didn't want to write it or there was something like that because uh. she was actually like i don't want to make this about me i need an i want to make an offering yeah. To, yeah to other people based on my my practices so it's super cliche and super bizarre and also really sweet and like very very earnest and yes. I think says a lot about about her I think that's an interesting connection to make that because I, I do think in her songwriting too like it's not the most obscure or nuanced yeah. emotions it's usually the most kind of explicit ones um like, you know, if she's feeling overwhelmed with emotion, she say it's like I had a heart attack. <laughs> like that's, you know, that's not super deep, but it's the way she delivers it is quite, quite stirring. She's, um, she's yeah. able to find emotional resonance uh, within even simpler cliched ideas. That reminds is that, me of is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of the way David Foster Wallace wrote about um, AA, which is like, I can't remember what the exact quote was, but he was basically like the simplest, like the most cliched things are also the most true. So yeah. I think that, that there's maybe something in there about that, but um, yeah. yeah, in one dose, I don't recommend perhaps in smaller bits, maybe as a tearaway calendar <laughs> page a day. Yeah. Love a page a day. Uh, Listen, I had it in my bathroom for a while. That was the fun. See, that's a, that seems like a great, great use for it. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Demetria. Demetria, Devin. Demetria. Demetria, Devin so Lovato. Demigloss. Not Demi, Demi Tass. Uh, uh, yeah. I, Demetria. I, I had no idea what, what Demi could come for. Yeah. 
Um, she was born on August 20th, 1992. Um, her father was a musician and engineer, um, musical engineer, and her mother was a formis, former Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Ooh. Um, she, the parent, her parents got divorced by the time she was two and her father had addiction issues. Um, he was an alcoholic here in the uh, documentary. Demi's friend said that he would do things like tell his family he had cancer when he didn't. Oh God. Like he was like a really like yeah. kind of emotionally yeah. abusive addict, um, which is a crazy thing to grow up with. Yes. Um, and then his, uh, Debbie's sister said that he would like rage and yell and throw things. There's a footage from uh, the documentary of Demi at an incredibly young age. I think, at some sort of event for her mother's eventual remarriage where he, mm. she's talking about the, her new stepfather and he says, he's a nice dad, not like my other dad. Oh, um, which is, that's, uh, that's a, a very sad thing. Yeah. Real bummer. Yeah. Um, she was also, uh, she was bullied at school. There was a literally a suicide petition to passed around by the popular group at school to get her to kill herself. Like school rocks. <laughs> it's like it's insane. It's crazy thinking about like I mean that that sounds so extreme, but then also you can kind of imagine those things from your own childhood of like the kind of weird weird things that kids do that are like hyper intense and they don't realize kind of how serious it is, you know? Yeah. That's you know, that that like brings back, you know, uh, the, those thoughts of like early elementary school, like bizarre taunting that that is just a weird yeah. hive mind. Yeah, exactly. Of like, you know, she said that she asked the girls like, why me? Like, why are you doing this? And no one could say why. Yeah. Cause everybody just decided it was her. <laughs> yeah. It's in some in, in effable, like this decision making process. Yeah. Um, horrifying. So she had a, t she had a tough childhood in that way. Like yes. a lot of emotional trauma at a very early age. Yeah. Um, but she was also a very talented kid. She did modeling. She did pageants. Um, this is Texas we're talking about. So, uh, so that, so that was also not fun, but rather probably extremely intense. Well, have either of you, I've never done pageants. I have no, <laughs> really? no familiarity with pageants other than like the way they're portrayed in like, Little Miss Sunshine. And I feel like it's the perfect nexus of like want it like you know as a child that you want to be seen and you might yeah. have a talent like that you want to show and that's like a very particular place to show it. But then it's also at the nexus of like horrible over parenting and overbearing yeah. like stage mom stuff. It, it really just yeah. seem, seems like a uh, a hive of uh, mutually uh, enabling psychosis. Well, yes. and in particular her <laughs> has shared that she herself struggles and has struggled with eat like disordered eating and just the, you know, and um, just a lot of body issues and just immediately transferred that to her daughters, like yes. immediately from the time they were, I think Demi said like the first time she thought how bad, how fat she was, she was four oh or something like that. It's so it was like, it was, she was in beauty pageants, but you know, and her mom who she's very close with, but she'll be, the first to say was it was not the healthiest. It, it's cool that there's like a multi-million dollar industry built around uh, uh, pr propping this up. Why can't there yeah. just be, I mean, I guess it's that like star search. Why can't there just be like a talent show circuit that has yes. nothing to do with looks? Well, they, <laughs> can we have that? They are revamping Miss America. 
Yeah, yeah. It's now more oh, yeah. a little more social justice orientated. If anyone has seen um, Miss Wis- uh, Miss Michigan or and, and Miss, Miss New York, yeah, yeah. Wait, what did Miss, Miss New York, New York do? Yes. I don't know. She did something also. Like Miss Michigan was good with the water and Flint. Yes. Did Miss New York win? When Miss New York won? Yes. Oh wow! Yay. Yeah, very exciting. Uh, congratulations anyway. to Miss New York. She's yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, so pa- pageants are it's a it's a weird powder keg of of uh, psychosis. You're right about that. Um, so she she wants she can you know she sings um, she performs she's all good at that from an early age. She eventually gets on she does auditions she gets on Barney that's her first big break when she's ten, um, and then Barney leads to. Uh, Eventually, Wait, well, what's Selena, by the way. Oh yes, right. Selena mm-hmm. was on it, so that's they've known each other since they were like little wee ones. Um, but then she ends yeah. up on like a short. It's, I ad- mean, it, it, it's funny that to think of like Barney, gateway to tragedy. I don't know the the first line of the Barney theme song is Barney is a dinosaur from your imagination. Like, just think about that for a second. <laughs> that's kind of fucked up. I didn't realize it's that really, was the first it's line. Really fucked up. It's also because this. it's not true. Barney is not a dinosaur from your imagination. Barney is a dinosaur constructed by artists. And I assume was it a PBS show? Uh, public broadcasting technicians. Right. I mean, that, that's it so would, fucked because you're thinking, no, he's he's real. You see him. It would be cooler if the Barney was the exact same show with everything, but instead of a guy in a costume, there was just negative space where Barney is, yeah. and it was all the kids <laughs> running around reacting to him. And like maybe you could pipe in some of the voice and stuff, but it was just it was actually an imaginary dinosaur, and you were like, no, you have to put him there with your mind. Imagine the dinosaur. Yeah, children. That's learn. a very. Yes. I think you're onto something. Yeah. I would prefer it to be, you know, Barney is a dinosaur who's definitely real. <laughs> um, yeah, she she's on Barney. She gets on this like a, a short, like a TV short called As the Bell Rings on the Disney Channel. Yeah, I did not see. Is yes, that, it was like it. the five minute video at the end. You That's how I found out about her. Yeah, me too. I remember that. I remember the first time I saw it. <laughs> She was on House of the Bell Rings and then she auditioned and received a role on Camp Rock, which was her big break. I have not seen Camp Rock. Can you guys tell me what the Camp Rock experience is like in like uh, in a sentence? I haven't seen it in so long. It's just the Jonas Brothers and Demi like singing. What Hannah, what's the point? At camp. Yeah, there's probably some I think Demi and Joe Jonas date or there's some. Now, this is also a. This is like a high school musical uh, attempt to recreate yes. the fame of this. So this yeah. is like, yes. we have yes. a format. It was their take two. But it yeah. wasn't as good. But it did introduce the, the Jonas uh, uh, brothers to the Weren't world. they already a thing? Or they, were this... pretty, they were pretty like yeah. going up there. So they, they were, yeah. It was yeah. a way to platform the Jonas. Because then they got their absolutely. own TV show, yeah. the Jonas Brothers, called Joe Jonas. Bro, but, <laughs> yeah. Just called Jonas? Yeah, something called just. I think my Jonas. Name is Jonas. Jonas. My name is Jonas. <laughs> and then there were, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think, and there was Camp Rock too, as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it yeah. was Demi and Joe Jonas had some type of love. They had that, a love yes. connection. Yeah. Yes. This was like right as I was leaving. All this stuff was like right as I was leaving high school. You were and, taking that rocket ship out out and, of, and, out of yeah, mainstream like pop the, culture. I feel like there was some stuff where like it, it was still because it was marketed like a little. Younger than high school, I think, but also yeah. kind of created in a way that high school age and up people like liked it campily or ironically. Mm. Uh, but even 
I think I was aging right out where I was like, no, this whole thing is just stupid. And like one of the very, the very first phenomenons where like something huge phenomenon level happens in culture. And you like, missed and, the boat. And you're like, this is not for me at all. I'm too old for this at Yeah, you like realize whatever. that. Well, yeah. That's probably me in like Fortnite, I assume. Yeah. Fortnite's fun. Yeah. I felt a little old going to the High School Musical 3 midnight showing. So, like, <laughs> yes. what were we, like, 17? Senior I, year. Yeah. Well, yeah, so. But Amazing. I went. Was proud. Um. Wow. Camp yeah. Rock was great. Yeah. Camp, camp Rock <laughs> happened. Sunny with a camp. chance. It rocks. Yeah, what it do rocks. You, what more do you say? It's camp like rock. a rock it's a, camp. It's a, it's a camp. It's a music camp. Yeah. And the Jonas Brothers, the, the like, character Joe Jonas plays, is actually famous in the oh in the I forgot about movie. that again, again. Demi yeah. is the cook's daughter so she's kind of embarrassed what is this like, an, is this, like, like a, a 19th century like <laughs> yes. play of manners oh my all God. the stories are have been told before whatever it's all the taming of the shrew just yeah, retold countless times yeah uh, S- Sir um, Jonas is coming down to the country uh, for the weekend uh, perhaps you will get a chance to meet him at the end of the what the, I'll say the is ball yeah <laughs> it has one of the most satisfying endings. It really does. It all all the plot lines come together oh. very beautifully, do very they, dramatically. Do they rock really the great camp? song. They oh they rock. The oh camp. we rock. We rock. We rock. <laughs> we, rock. <laughs> we rock on. Listen to the love the da, love theme da, from da, da, da. <laughs> Raise your hands up in the air and scream. We're finding our voice. Following our dreams. I'm gonna edit this in later. Apparently, they only have <laughs> Camp Jonas or uh, Camp Rock to the final jam. <laughs> they uh, don't have we. It's we rock. The, we rock. I, I I don't I don't know. I, I have to do this off Spotify. So we'll pipe. We can okay. pipe it in. Are afterwards. you talking about uh, we we rock by Ronnie James Dio? <laughs> I don't no, know. We are certainly not. <laughs> oh look. Oh here we go. Oh, oh you got it. This is from the Kelly Clarkson school of um, like pop rock yeah. guitar. If she were to write a memoir, I would be all over it. I'm a huge, I stand Kelly Clarkson. I love Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. Clarksonator, Clarksonite, Clarkson. We, we stand an original American Idol. Yeah, the, the original. What if there can only be she, one? She's had such a good career. She's the only yeah, one. Love her. She's. I think she's. It's actually best. very funny that you mentioned Kelly because that is like who Demi has repeatedly said is her like number one and like greatest love. Wow. So like you're not like that's and you can tell that when she's singing this song, she's like 15 or whatever, and she is just all day listening to Kelly Clarkson, huh. and you can tell like you can hear it. So you're, yeah. I mean, Christina Aguilera, like, you know, that, yeah. that, like, those were the people that she just, like, was really, really listening to and getting inspiration from. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They're kind of, they're trying to do, like, a Kids in America thing. Yeah. Uh, but, like, mm-hmm. way clunkier. It's very, I mean, it's very sanitized. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah. it's very Disney. Yeah. Very Disney. Yeah. Disney was not. They Listen, called, it worked for what they wanted. Should have called Devo back you know? up to sweeten up all these albums. <laughs> capitalizing on their long-standing relationship with Diva. <laughs> High School Musical, I think, what is a better soundtrack. So, Well, they're drawing from yeah. from musical, which I think is something that you can le- make much cheesier and campier and it still be yes. a good music in yes. a way that like, you can't purposely set out to make a cheesy, campy rock song yeah. for a corporate body and then still actually make a rocks, good rock song Thanks. with probably 
a few exceptions, but you, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So this is basically the point where, you know, De- Demi's kind of story really fits the same mold as the other folks that we've done where she, she blows up basically overnight in 2008 um, with the success of Camp Rock and then she's on something with a chance. She starts doing like the Disney machine, the the like yeah. tank starts rolling. Like she's doing music, music. She's doing musical television, regular television. Like she's doing all this shit. She's starting to make solo appearances, probably in, like Good Morning America. She's going like to Brazil that, yeah. like yep. right away. Oh shit, she went to Brazil? She went to Brazil like immediately. Now it takes people They're, years to go to Brazil. People never go to Brazil. They're <laughs> constantly asking people, every pop star come to Brazil and they just won't. They won't they go. They won't go. It's not why fair. do we why do we withhold our pop stars from, from Brazil? Brazil? Ugh, it's terrible. She immediately went on tour with the Jonas Brothers. That's the first time I saw her live. Wow. So you been you, you saw, saw the, her, the Joe Bro Toco? That's the Jonas Brothers touring company. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> That was like the best night of my life. Oh, oh really? My God. Oh, transcendent experience. Like, like but she opened for them, right? She opened for them, and then they had her come back on and do a duet, and it was of just course. like, yeah, yeah. The, the they whole did thing all managed. They're like, this is the big one. Here's the next one. We're gonna put oh, one exactly. right in front of the totally one. But we're also gonna like bring her back on and be like, you, you like this now. This is the thing you like, and everybody in the audience is like, yes, I do. Thank you, Disney. See, it's well, funny. and she wasn't sure if she did or didn't either. Yeah, you yeah. know, she like, what opinions were you sure of? Where, where, where was, was any of us sure of when we were that age? Yeah. Like, you right. know, I think that's something that is really complicated for her and kind of, you know, prefaces and set the, sets the table for whatever you'll say next is like, fame gives you such an excess of experiences to draw from and make meaning from in a way that even like just talking to you all, this podcast is like my third thing I've had to do today. And I'm like, oh my God, what a day. <laughs> so many things to make sense of. Today. Right. We're so like, we're you all know, so busy, but like, right. we're it's not, like, wow, so many different things. Uh, we're not touring. Counterpoint, you know, for her, if you had she's Disney, going through all this. Counterpoint, if you had Disney managing your entire life, I mean, that certainly, it changes what the equation means, you know, because you then have, you have more to do. You have more responsibilities. You do have, certainly have that surplus of experiences. Um, but also, you're living in a world in which, uh, you know, kind of choice and decision is being, if not removed, very much sanded down at the edges. And it does allow you to, to do an experience much more, but it's all like within this this rail, this um, track that, yeah. that is being... Yeah built each each day more and more for you that that you know takes a lot of choice out of out of what your life is and imagine being a teenager i'm going to take myself back to being a teenager and having my mom say don't you shouldn't wear that like don't wear that out and now imagine it's like a bunch of men in suits telling you that and the difference is yeah. i can't go out tonight or no this you know two million dollar yeah. contract isn't going to happen yes. like the stakes are so much higher yeah and for I'm, the same level of adolescent bullshit yes exactly. and, I, and i'm also sure that like you get so addicted to the fame yes mm-hmm. and the crowd and the energy that like comes with like you just going on stage yeah that, like that's a high within itself that yes. leads as we discussed demi's life further yes. yeah total reality distortion from yeah. at an early age which as we talked about Brittany on an earlier episode 
It's not good Mom. for the brain. Yeah. Well, no. Brain knees are still growing. Yeah. Brain knees are still no. growing. Yes. Especially when you're told so explicitly that you are and have to be a role model. Yeah. And that that yes. is like yes. your North Star for everything you do is be a good role model. Yeah. yeah. And that goes back to even the in the in her most recent song that she came out with called Sober, she's like, I want to be a role model, but I'm only human, which is like, again, one of those cliches, but it's like actually really important. That was her being like, you fucking guys, I've been telling you for years to stop calling me a role model. Yeah. I like have said it explicitly, but it won't stop. And it's like, it's just I, a role model and also being a sex object too, because mm-hmm. I think she sort of said mm-hmm. that like cool for the summer was like a song in which that like, I think, I don't know, Hannah, correct me if I'm wrong, sort of the first time she also talks about maybe being bi and being bisexual in Cool for Summer. Yes. It, it has bisexual lighting. Now I, now no. I remember that, that song. <laughs> cool for the Summer? You mean the A24 the A neon lighting? Yeah. yeah. It has the, it has, I think, I, I'm pretty sure. So now I now I think I can name a Demi Lovato song, <laughs> obviously, but, uh, you know, you I, 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 yeah. this, I know this song. This song is the good. The WWE used Cool for the Summer for their, like, um, summer programming. So that's, there's that. Cool. But that's an uh, extremely sexy song. It's a sexy song. Uh, yes, but yes. Cool for the Summer video yes. uh, is is one of the, the first markers in the um, the now predominant trend. It used to be Orange and Teal. Orange and Teal, dead, out, gone, last decade. Fuck off, Michael Bay, with all that. Uh, orange, and teal, or orange and teal foe out of here. Now it is neon pink and neon blue. Neon pink and neon blue. You know, which mm-hmm. is uh, atomic blonde lighting. Yeah, atomic blonde lighting. Uh, uh, Probably Haley Kiyoko lighting, I assume. Yeah. Hannah loves Haley Kiyoko. <laughs> I love Haley Kiyoko. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Halsey, Halsey lighting. My Just God. Halsey, um, the new Blade Runner is full of that. It even comes up in is like uh, John Quick. Is Blade Burner bisexual? No, but this is just a term that's come up for this lighting scheme. I mean, just do a Google search for it, and you'll yeah. immediately know what huh. what you what you're looking at. There's a, a a YouTube video essay that maybe if I remember, I'll drop in the notes here about this. That's pretty interesting. That tracks it, but it, it's definitely just like one of the. It's like a fad color scheme, basically. That's come up, but cool for the summer was what like two years ago, last year, fifteen, twenty fifteen, more. That's yeah, yeah, that's like a a very early marker, I think, or or like a real like uh solidifier oh, of this as a trend. So, cutting so edge. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and put a, a, an aesthetic trendsetter in her bio because yeah. she did that. She did that. Um so yeah, this is I mean, this at this point she's like 7 16, 17, 18 years old. She's still a teen. There's a lot of pressure, a lot of responsibility. At this point in the documentary, this is when, you know, the documentary involves a lot of interviews with people who are around her, primarily like her manager, who was also the manager for the Jonas Brothers um, and folks around that sphere. And they basically, the way they start he was talking the CEO about of her. The Joe Rotoko. Yes. Also, one thing that we didn't, with being a role model, is there's also a very heavy Christian faith aspect of this too. Mm -hmm. Mary more maybe more so with the Jonas brothers, but still in like the virginity pledge and like real she it did was, a virginity pledge. I don't know if Demi did, but the Jonas Brothers were promised. Oh yes, yeah, the oh, yes. Promise. they were promise freaks. Yeah. Oh yes, I remember that. Ooh. That's why Kevin, uh, yeah. the oldest one, got married when he was quite young because he wanted to yeah. get it. Get in. it. He had to get get that slime. And they had a TV show. I mean, they're gross, Chris. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I've been on tour with the Chappas really- too long. Oh my god, <laughs> you need a you need to be reprogrammed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can. <laughs> <laughs> I can only listen to Felix Biederman say I'm gonna get goop so many times oh a day before my God. it before that 
it brain viruses itself into me. I feel like that's just positing like female anatomy as like the ghosts in Ghostbusters or something. <laughs> Flubber. But anyway. Robin Williams. Anyway. Anyway, there was a lot of like holiness. Yeah, there was a lot. And, you know, Miley too, like the innocence versus yeah. experience. Yeah. Well, I think uh, religion. Shout out to you too. Religion played a really big role. Yeah. In all of these Disney stars. Yeah. Lives. Yes. And then like teaching them about like binaries and good and bad. So mm. if you're bad, then yeah. you should be really bad because you are not good. So like yeah. all those kinds There's of like a, that very binary thinking was like very much what they were, what they were caught up in. There's like a thin membrane. And if you, if you puncture it, you're, you're, you're fucked. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Which is what happens yeah. to Demi. Yeah. Um, so it's at this point in, in the doc that the way people start talking about her, they're being a little careful about it. Like they said, you know, yeah. Demi may, may be veering off the path. The wheels were starting to fall off. She wasn't this sweet and lovely girl anymore. I what I it's well, very like nineteen Catholic, here, very Christian language too. Yeah. Like well, it's Christian off language, the path. And, but I think it's also like these are people who are still in her life, so they're right. not trying to say it explicitly. But it sounds like she was being an asshole. Oh, <laughs> like she was okay. being like not a good person. She. It sounded like yeah. she was being very manipulative, very. Um, secretive very because she was you know at this point she had started to basically abuse drugs in private um she did cocaine for the first time when she was 17 um she started she was regular on Adderall for non-prescriptive reasons um and I'm sure she she says herself like the reason she does this is to get away from herself Mm. um because reality is not it's reality is distorted um so this is all happening and this all leads up to the incident, which is also one of the first times that I think I was truly aware of Demi Lovato too, is when she punches her backup dancer yeah. in the face Holy on a shit. plane. Holy yeah. shit. Um, really intense. What led up to this, and I think this is a fascinating story and I kind of give her props for being so open about this because it's yeah. kind of ugly. Um, she She's in Columbia on the Camp Rock 2 tour. She has a party which in her I hotel room. Which you also saw. Amazing. <laughs> cool. Like, that's crazy worldwide worldwide tour that's nuts i mean the scale yeah. of popularity of these things and the broad base of them is because i mean because disney could just do that they can just decide to make something ubiquitous Got the machine yeah yeah it's that's insane to think that camp rock 2 was a big hit in columbia yeah you know why or was why it not? hit enough in yeah. columbia to tour there the, yeah. the way Demi's talent was referred to at this time by one of her associates in the documentary was she had the kind of edge that made Disney projects seem cooler, which mm. I think is like a great way of describing mm. what she her did. particular flavor yeah. was that she seemed edgy, yes. but they wanted her not to be. But she was, she was edgy. Disney edgy. Yes. Right. She was never Miley. Like she, Miley. Well, before Miley, like went down the deep end as well but like she was Miley was always so wholesome and so like yeah Dem- and Demi was like her like bad sister yeah it's the dark it's the dark hair paradox yeah um yeah <laughs> so yeah she, she wore a lot Nixon. of black and dark eyeshadow she had the like sort of edgy like fringed hair that was like very popular yeah. in the late aughts to she wore that you were jeans. alt yeah Pop alt. Um, anyway, so she's in Columbia. She throws a party at her hotel room. There's alcohol. There's weed. She's been doing Adderall. They trash the hotel room. And then somebody tells Joe Jonas's or the Jonas Brothers' father, Kevin Sr., and Demi's father, stepfather. Um, so she's in trouble. Big trouble. She manages. She hears all this. She's upset. Imagine getting in trouble with your dad. <laughs> 
for trashing your hotel room on your international <laughs> pop music tour on on being on weed. But what's the alternative? Not getting in trouble with your dad? I don't know. You're an international pop star. It's a that's a hairy area. I guess. <laughs> if I if let I give birth to a, a pop star, I'm gonna have to figure out how to best you know. Let, let him if you just <laughs> played a, a huge concert in Columbia. Let him do a weed and trash a hotel room. It's fine. They've got a guy writing Disney checks behind them. Well, Disney won't write the checks if she continues to trash the hotel rooms. I think. Yeah. I think the meal ticket is is compromised. Anyway, she, and she has an image to maintain. Yeah, it is what it is. I whatever. Um, she she's pissed. She asks, she she basically manipulates Joe, the Jonas brothers' parent into saying who told uh who told them. And she was like, I just I want to thank them. I want to thank them for, you know, being brave enough to because I really like see the error of my ways now. And they told her who it was, and it was her backup dancer, Shorty. Uh, that was her nickname at the time. I don't think she's still called Shorty. And she immediately, well, how does she refer to it? She says, I'm about to beat this bitch up. That's how she felt when she heard that Shorty was the one who ratted her out. So she, on the next day, she gets on the plane, she sees Shorty, and she, like, loses it and punches her in the face. Jesus. And that's when the her machine realizes that she's in of, serious trouble. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's extremely unfortunate, but it's also hard to resist the uh, snitches get stitches principle. <laughs> You live by the G code. Yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair too. But at least it's your parents and not like the. Can you imagine the Colombian cops busting yeah. you for weed? Come on. I. I mean, talk about edgy. If uh, she had had to spend a night in Colombian jail. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the. So this. Now that we have started to talk about um, the issues around, like when we when the public started to know what some people very privately knew about yes. her in terms of her. Um, addictions and um, eating disorders and self-harm and what later was diagnosed as bipolar. Mm -hmm. Like before we get into that conversation more, I just want to like, I just feel the need. This is a very present and live and very scary moment that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. And for everybody listening, like, and as we're thinking about this, like she is a real human who is like currently like, as we're talking to each other, like in a rehab facility, Mm -hmm. like going through some shit. Yeah. And this is just like this, even though what we're talking about right now was a few years ago and we'll get caught up to the present day. Like this is not um, hypothetical. And Mm -hmm. this is, you know, some of the things I've seen on the internet, you know, people I think kind of think that when, oh, well, when you sign up for fame, this is what you sign up for. And yeah, truly no one, no one deserves what she has been through and like what we are going to keep talking about. And I just like, this is a human, yeah. you know, this is like some real shit and like that she had to go through and is still going through to this day. And what we also want to remember is like, we only know what she has chosen to tell us. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she has been very open, which is amazing, but we don't know what she has, what she doesn't want us to know. So yeah. everything that we're chatting about is like, is speculation and is filtered through the prism of what she wants us to know. And that's like, as it should be, frankly, like she has a right to her privacy and she's given us so much more information than frankly, I even think that we deserve. So like, we don't even, we don't even know what we don't know. Yeah. That's very on purpose for her. That's the, the nice thing about this pod is that like, you kind of do have to take what someone says at face that like their story is their story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right. I mean, because I'm sure there's all kinds of, probably 
frankly, garbage yeah. that has been churned about in gossip media over the past several weeks um, that I like I haven't even it's it's funny. I feel like it was something that I consumed more when I was younger of like updates about. Uh, yeah. you know, whoever had a breakdown. Um, and now I'm so much less comfortable with seeking that kind of information out. Uh, and so like the thing that's interesting about this, like she has her book from 2013 when she was probably a year sober. And then the documentary was her like six years sober. Um, so we're kind of, we're seeing her in like almost moment by moment as she's going through stuff. But there's this continued like tied that it seems like this continued pressure to have a recovery narrative or to make your narrative about recovery. And I think it's, it's, it's weird, frankly, um, because like so many of these memoirs are about people who have had issues with substance abuse and then other, other things, other kinds of addictions. And the, the thing at the end of the book is, Oh, I got better. Like, Oh, yeah. I'm good. And I think that there just must be so much, pressure to kind of keep that up and it's so clear now that that's not it's impossible it's impossible to keep it that way yeah and I think her I think Demi probably feels like she owes it to her fans mm -hmm. to have that also because if you look at all the Disney things that she's been on everything wrapped up super nicely with a typo so she I think still probably feels that like I owe it to my fans like if you listen to the song Sober mm -hmm. it's like heartbreaking because it's an it's like an apology for being like, I'm not who you think I am. Yeah. Like you think I'm this person that's like with it and together, but like I'm actually broken and I'm a human. Mm -hmm. Even she, at this yeah. point, Disney owes it to its own stable performers to produce a uh, extremely ambiguous, gritty addiction narrative uh, teen pop thing to be I, like, sometimes it goes like this. Oh, oh I, I thought you were going to say Disney owes it to its stars to like, create an infrastructure of mental health. <laughs> I mean that, <laughs> yes, and that non, too. Non-exploitation. I was going to be like, oh yeah, totally. I totally agree. I was thinking also back to your saying that you don't follow like pop news the way you used to. I think I'm, I'm the same way in that like they always felt older. And so I was like, oh, like they're 27. Like I can right. digest this in a different way that I'm like, oh wow, this person is 27 and two months older than I am. Yeah. And, like it's a totally different feeling the way that it is when you're 14. Yeah. And when you see, you know, I mean, when, for example, Britney Spears was uh, having her issues in like 2007, 2008, I was so young that I just had no experience of like, you know, using substances right. at all, right. frankly. And so now kind of seeing it from an adult perspective, I'm like, oh, like it's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying there. Anyway, yeah, it, it feels, it feels differently because you, it's not that you're like one step away from that, but you're like, fuck, if it happens to that person, like it could happen to me. And I think mm -hmm. maybe with the age difference, you don't, you don't, at least for me, I didn't feel that way. Yeah. So what happens when Demi gets back yes. to Columbia? She, so she goes into treatment um, and publicly into treatment. She, like, I remember seeing the, the news items that mm -hmm. it was kind of unspecified. Like she said that there were, you know, there was an eating disorder issue. There were, there was self-harm issues. There was like general sort of mental turmoil. Stress, yeah. um, I don't think it was explicit that she was you know, using cocaine, but she went, she went into treatment and she says in the documentary, like she was not re like she wasn't ready to be sober. And so publicly she was like, had to say that she was good and even was making, you know, content about 
being good. She did some kind of MTV documentary about mm-hmm. sobriety mm-hmm. when she wasn't yet sober. She said. So the, she, so I'm gathering that this is maybe like an, a, an effect of her like management regime being like, you have to go do this and her being like, well, I'll do this for you. But it not being truly her choice to do it at that point, which it seems to be the thing that actually makes sobriety take oh, i was gonna say she talks about literally doing cocaine during this interview yeah like she was like and i was high the entire time she she said she like snuck it on planes she was doing it in the middle of the night she said no one knew and that's what i th- was struck me that saying that like she was Ill- alone she was surrounded by managers parent figures yeah. but like she she had a secret that no one else knew about and that's yeah. Yeah, I think Terrible. it's about caring about Demi Lovato as a performer and not caring about Demi Lovato as a human because it's like mm. they saw her as this like money maker yep. and not like, oh, this is a person that's actually in, in help, but more like, oh, you can have a recovery and we can make money off this. Yeah. So this goes on for, I think, at least a year of kind of yeah. at least publicly saying that rehab took when it did not take. Um, and then she... I mean, it, from the documentary, like she had, she OD'd. Uh, she got was brought to the hospital. OD'd on what? Uh, they just had pills. Okay. Um, I mean, she was using Xanax and cocaine, according to her. Um, she, she OD'd. She went to the hospital. She was like not being watched, and there was a bottle of pills nearby, and she like took those too and said to the nurse, like. Uh, like fuck you you knew that I would like I have issues with this why did you give me access to pills like it sounded like she it was like a truly horrific mm-hmm. like a nightmare of an existence for her and she was open about this in her documentary which is nuts when um, was this documentary produced last I said it at the year beginning. last year last okay. year um, 2017 on YouTube so anyone can consume it which I think is also like yeah. what, what medium that you put it on as well mm-hmm. um, she is kind of in a continued battle. Like she starts talking to this guy, Mike Bayer, who ends up being her recovery coach at the time. Um, and he said like the way he refers to her, he's, he said she was nasty. Um, like she was, she was one day she would be ready to get better. And the next day she wouldn't, it just sounds like she was truly like in turmoil, like mm-hmm. terrible turmoil. And that ended when she finally decided like she is ready to you know, get clean and she literally smashes her phone and dunks it in water um, to prove that like she will no longer like talk to drug dealers or uh, any any of the bad influences in her life that were taking her down that particular path. So I do love a uh, physically symbolic turn. The phone was in the documentary. They like held it up. <laughs> yeah. It's preserved like under a, a Pyrex case or something. Yeah. Right. So and that that in the in the movie is at at the time where she is sober, but mm-hmm. obviously that has since taken a turn. Um, and the rest of the the movie is kind of about her dealing with her other issues of like eating disorders. She start. Can we talk about Wilmer Valderrama? Oh yeah, it's a big part of her life. Always. Vilmer is part of this. Vilma. Vilma. <laughs> Vilda Valderrama. She dated him for like six years. That's I, six I did not realize. Guy. Okay, yep. so let's. All right, wait, one she second. stole him get... from Lindsay Lohan. Oh, wow, God. <laughs> the, Lindsay Lohan, a, Andy Moore. That guy has had a, uh, a a wild track record. They had a beautiful love. That's what I'll say about that. Mandy Moore and Wilmer. <laughs> the earnest. I keep Demi. coming Demi. Into, like the most earnest I've ever been in this conversation. They had a beautiful love. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, let's let's talk about Wilmer because Wilmer shows up like 
halfway through the documentary as as her ex. Um, and she's been they broke up last year. It's it like two year? years ago two at years. this point. They start yeah two years ago. Um, they they started dating in 2010, which was like you know shortly shortly before her issues. She was barely legal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so she, the way she says in the documentary that she met him, is everything okay? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just mad at Builder Valderrama. (laughs) Well, we can talk about, she, she pursued him. She, for some reason, she, she had the opportunity to do this PSA for the 2010 census about like uh, Latinos being counted. She does this PSA because and she says she doesn't give a shit about the census. She just knows that it's at Wilmer's house and she thinks he's hot and she wants him. And she's 17 at the time. So he like runs away with, you know, uh, the power of Christ compels <laughs> Stay you. away from me. Yeah, exactly. And she's very careful to say that they are she's 18 when they start dating. <laughs> Anyway, what were you going to say? Uh, we were just mad uh, the other day uh, learning about uh, Drake's 18-year-old love interest. Valderrama uh, mm-hmm. Vildor- mm-hmm. is uh, is born in 1980. He is 12 years older than uh, Demi Lovato. They met when they were 18. That's the exact same thing. He had also had a parallel kind of uh, coming out of relationship when he was like 24 and Lindsay Lohan was 18. And I remember that was scandalous at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I'll, here's what I'll say about this. And then I would love the perspective of, of uh, you know, you who have been more involved is that a 18 year old women can do whatever they want. B, if you are a man who consistently prefers 18 year old women, the older you get, you also might need to look just look inside yourself and think, like, what's up? Uh, <laughs> yes. He was very hey, good for up? Demi, though. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. rooted for them even yeah. more than I thought I was going to at first. At first, I was like, who's this old man? <laughs> <laughs> he really cared for her. He really did. And he stood by her side when all of this happened, all of this bad stuff happened. And I think I don't think encouraged yeah. her behavior, like the bad behavior at all. Was it good? Was I mean, it- if we take... If we take what she says in that documentary as like the true story, and I'm just like, sure, there is more to it because it was a very, you know, whitewashed version. But she basically says, you know, like, um, and other interviews too, I, I was very dependent on him in terms of like, I didn't know, I didn't know how to be an adult without him because I got out of rehab and he was there. And they had a very, a very beautiful love. And she was like, I, we never fell out of love for each other. I just needed to prove that I could do this on my own. And it's just very heartbreaking to see a year later or whenever, or I guess two years later, she couldn't, Yeah, you know, I mean, not to, and I I don't mean to be reductive and suggest that it was because she wasn't in this relationship, but there was something that, you know, she, she had like one of her songs from her last album is called lonely about how fucking lonely she is. And then in the song sober, like there's, she says a few times, like it's only, this only happens when I'm lonely, she says. Yeah. So, you know, there's like a recurring theme of there was something, someone for such a defining part in her life that was such a big part of her life and a big part of her sobriety. And she wanted to be able to prove to herself that she didn't need him. And um, she, I think she has dated like good and some bad people since, but mm-hmm. in that exact relationship, you know, couldn't be replicated. He seemed like a stabilizing presence in the midst of a lot of unstable stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I she think, was right in some ways she needed to, you know, she, she, she knew that she was dependent on him, I guess. Yeah. 
I think the loneliness bit is interesting in that this reminds me of what Lady Gaga said in a little bit at the on her Netflix documentary where she was basically like every time this she connected more to like her success equaled uh, you know her failure her, pers- her career success equaled failure in personal relationships so like every time something good happened she lost the person that she was with but she said like i'm around people all day and then at the end of the night i'm alone and i think there's something in there and maybe it's the same reason that pop stars are so good sometimes at making songs about loneliness is because they actually experience it on a way deeper mm. scale than normal people with than he- I do with heightened extremes yeah. with heightened extremes yes. because yeah, you're yes. expected to kind of like I don't know you're you're surrounded by people all day everyone loves you you're performing for 10,000 or 20,000 people a night screaming for you and then you go home if you go home alone well, even, oh my god even just that that essential pop imagine? star experience of being the focus and adoration of of thousands of people um, every night hooked on, hooked on your every move and yet having a personal intimacy with no one. No one. Is like the absolute highest amplitude that you can have of that, like your ca- the casual relationship. You go to work and you talk to the people at yeah. work and you like, like some of them and the other people are just people you have to interact with but you don't really care about. Yeah. Like those are like normal human interactions that everybody has, but to have those kinds of interactions where it's like the absolute most of people interacting with you. And then to go from that to there being very few people and often at literally nobody that you can share real intimacy with is like mind breaking. Yeah. I think social media now also plays a huge role in this in ways that like, she could just pop on Instagram and post like one selfie and it could get her like a million likes and you sort for like five seconds kind of feel this affirmation that you would maybe or intimacy that you would get from like one person. But like you're ultimately like still very alone. Even yeah. if you have like she got five million likes on one thing. Yeah. One like equals one intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> if only. She but got that's sort famous of the, the year Twitter got big. You know, it's mm-hmm, not a yeah. coincidence, you know, th- that that. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. It's like, like currency. I that was just a huge a part way. of what fame was for her. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's a way also to like it validates you the same way that not the s- same way. Like, geez, it validates you in like a way that like a partner would if you're like looking for that kind of like I see you, you're there, like you're not alone. And I think you could argue that she has a maybe more intense relationship with her fans than most famous people because she's so open about the same struggles that her yeah. fans have. Yeah. She just has them on like a, an amplitude that is like incomprehensible to so normal people. Lady Gaga, I would think is also similar in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, little monsters, little monsters, oh. <laughs> <laughs> put your paws up. <laughs> Sorry. I'm excited for a song. I keep doing that too. I'm it's, so excited. That song, so you know, excited. that song could be that that long and I would think it was a good song. <laughs> it's a, just that the first chart topping uh uh cell phone ringtone. <laughs> Wait, maybe a ring back. You know, yeah. you ever get a ring back? Ah, the ringbacks. Ring yes. Oh my god. Shout out to ringbacks. Yeah. So I mean, she's she she gets sober and she's living she's a judge on X Factor. When she's like 19 years old and she's living in a sober house with roommates doing chores, Mm -hmm, you know, kind of being, I don't think 
fully monitored, but like that's the lifestyle that she chooses for herself for like a over a year, which I also that's think says something really about are the I other people's famous. No. no, I think that's the most <laughs> like, striking part of the whole thing is learning that like she's on X Factor and then goes home to a sober house. Like she's making millions of dollars, but is like living in a sober house. That's really interesting. And honestly, that seems like something that I would imagine like some celebrities would I mean, maybe not even the sober house thing, but the just like living with normies, like living with living with normies in like, I don't know what, what am I trying to say? Like an intentional living situation where Mm -hmm. you're you're like a group house. Yeah. A group house uh, where you can just like make the choice to have people that you interact with that aren't in this like weird, bizarre, unreal stratosphere. Yeah. And like, I don't know, because it honestly seems like we've talked a lot about really famous people on this show. That that could be very therapeutic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Reality distortion cure is yeah. just hanging out with normal people fighting just, over who ate your quinoa. Yeah, and just being mad at people for not picking up peanut butter or whatever, but not like having the ability to like call your bodyguards to be- beat them up or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she also had to give back her phone too. That was one yeah, of the she things. Never phone. She never phoned at all. So she was literally alone there. Because they were afraid that she was gonna call it's her like drug dealers. Better call Saul house <laughs> Saul house and better call Saul where you have to turn in your phone at the mailbox. <laughs> I haven't watched that show, but that sounds that happens Horrible. in that show. It happens. I can confirm. Can confirm. Um, so you know, she. I think it's it's interesting because she really does have kind of like a a real come up as a mainstream pop star after all of this stuff happens. Because when, at least for me, when I was aware of her uh, having punched her body or her backup dancer. I thought of her yeah. as like, ah, oh, that Disney Channel star. Mm-hmm. And I think in the the years since that, she's really shed that completely. And she's really been, you know, making pop music as like a woman and not a girl. And, you know, owning her sexuality more. Uh, and I don't know. That's... It, so... Uh, in, in that in the documentary you, at the can end... Can you suggest yeah. a song that, that you think exemplifies that? Hannah, would you or Becky? <gasps> no, I'll let yes. you take this. This is one of my favorite Demi Lovato songs of all t- stories. I mean, of all time, um, is this uh, the story behind the song "Skyscraper"? I okay. think really exemplifies this time, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, is yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A song about this time. Yes. Um, so "Skyscraper" comes out. It's um, I remember it coming out like possibly during like the VMAs or something. Mm-hmm. Like I remember like seeing it between you know some like awards show. Um, and she had just come back from rehab and she had, I think, in so many words, said where she was. Like, it wasn't a total secret, but the whole story wasn't out yet. And the song is this beautiful song about, you know, rising from the ground like a skyscraper. Like, you know, like we'll take everything you have and, you know, it's like a song about triumph. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is it's you know it's a classic demi ballad it sounds like she's singing in all caps you know she's like totally (laughs) you know you know full bodied out there um but if you know demi's voice you can kind of tell something's a little off it's a little even more like uh than usual like a little more gravelly i guess um and what we learn later is that when she was recording that song it was one of her lowest points she was having a really horrible time i don't know exactly what it was i feel like you know there's something about like 
you know, her bulimia being quite bad around then. Yeah. And I think she was just like pretty out of control and very sad. And um, you can hear that in the song that yeah. she is like not doing well. And apparently she like records the song and it's a very powerful song. And apparently she like had a total breakdown like in the studio afterwards because yeah. it was just like really hit her. And when she came back from rehab, they were like going to re-record the pieces of the album they had cut before rehab because her voice had been kind of, you know, fucked up. Yeah. And they went to re-record Skyscraper and they did and it just like wasn't as powerful. Yeah. And they were like, your voice sounds better, but the oomph just isn't there. So we're going to keep the original version. So if you listen to the song, it's like this amazing, I mean, you really hear like it's a portrait of, of a moment in this person's life and it's just a really great song. Wow. That's Skyscraper off 2011's Unbroken. Unbroken. So yeah, the, I think she's, it's, it's weird because in her six years of sobriety before um, this like OD incident, she, I, I feel like was so, I think we talked about this at the beginning of just like getting so close to be considered like really like the top echelon of pop stars. And what I wanted to bring up is something that I was thinking about this weekend because I was thinking about Christina Aguilera, as I sometimes do, and how, like Christina, Demi has, I would say, probably like the best voice of her particular graduating class of of Disney uh-huh. stardom. And yet, like, she's not, I feel like people don't necessarily think of her in the same way they think of like Adele, for example, even though someone might argue that she has as I don't know if we can get into comparisons of having as good of a voice of Adele, but I'm I'm interested in like what what is it that is like hold what's holding her back in this particular way? Does that I, make sense? Yeah, I th- I actually think that this most recent album that came out, Hannah, what is it called? What's her most recent album called? Tell me you love me. Uh, tell me you love me. I think great, that brought her. I think that brought her almost to the forefront mm-hmm. because it's a song that a lot of the songs are on the top forty list, and it, she was very consumed, I think, in a way that her other albums had not been. Yeah. Maybe because she found songs that finally fit her voice. Yeah. It's a very, it's not a typical voice for better or for worse. And some songs like do not work with it. And I think that this was the album where she really found a like, you know, full, full list of songs that actually fit her. Yeah. I think that. And I also think that like compared to her Disney cohorts, she wasn't as like easily as consumable Mm -hmm. in a way that like, Miley was very manufactured and like you knew what you were going to get with Miley. Like, And then when she broke off, she broke off in a crazy, yeah. Like, yeah. very, Completely very unpredictable direction. Yeah. yeah. But I think meaning why like De- Miley like projected even more than like Demi did back in like 2008, 2009 that like Miley was way more formulaic than I think than Demi ever yeah. was. I and, think, oh, sorry, go no, ahead. No, 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 that, yeah. Maybe the parallel I'm trying to draw is like when Britney and Christina went their separate directions around the time of like, I guess it was maybe Oops, I Did It Again-ish and um, uh, Dirty mm-hmm. when Christina like she got yeah. her hair black or that sort of like skunky color that seems seems so uh, interesting now and like really went, she went dark and edgy and even though it's something that people could appreciate, I feel like they never quite like got on track again with her being like a a consumable pop star. Like Demi's never had a party in the USA moment, right? Like that song was absolutely everywhere. And everyone from the age of like six to 60. I thought 
cool for the summer was like everywhere. No, no, you don't think so? Uh, Compared to Wrecking Ball, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, I guess you're right. So, so now I know these songs. So it's like (laughs) cool for the summer. I know that song. That's a good song. Yeah, Uh, and Sorry Not Sorry uh, (laughs) was. I know that song. That's a very good song. That's that was Sammy from Roboto. the album release that you was celebrating. You get a prize and yeah. confident. You probably also know confident if you heard it. I probably would know th- know that if I've heard it. Like I, I know all these songs. It's just that I I know that they're like from a person from the Disney stable. I just don't know which one. <laughs> I mean, but now now I've now got you know. it. And yeah. those are like um, I don't know. At least sorry not so, sorry and um, cool for the summer are. Uh, Cool and just uh, like distinct uh, mm. songs, but yeah, they never quite had the 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 same pop, like ubiquity. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, yeah, sorry is the one that I'm really st- sticking out to me because it really fits in with like it puts her very much in the mode of the current pop music la- landscape. It's like that, and I'll be pi- piping it in right now. Sure. Um, that that thing where I mean, she's very good on it, but the thing where it's like. The, the, Kind of the entire song is a chorus, and uh, you know it's like a kind of built to be mixed in the EDM supersets, and like um, you know it, it has that like chill, icy uh, um, pop EDM production vibe in a very like of the moment way. Which I'm saying all this to like kind of be critical of the entire genre, but also kind of celebrate her for like fitting into it so evenly because it is a very of the time. That came out in 2017. Uh, song that that yeah. sounds, uh, you know, that 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 sounds like a monster pop hit of that year, which it was. So like, that's yeah, she maybe, nailed it. Yeah, she yeah. she nailed that she one. Nailed it. After after some of these other ones, these other songs, looking back, where I'm like scanning through some of these albums, and I'm like, I don't I don't recognize any of these uh these songs. Uh, you I know, don't just know by her. Name of, name of love. That's why I do think like right now, 2018 Demi Lovato is like at her most famous. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. She broke into a, mo- like she, her, her, her music became better. Like, yeah. not that it was yeah. bad back then before, but I think Hannah, you're right that like she started to do songs that were better for that her fit. voice. Yeah. I or think that's, I, a, that's definitely a, a good point to if make. I, if I can synthesize what I think we're both, me and all, all of you guys are saying her music became more optimized mm-hmm. for her. She mm-hmm. like figured out her mode in the songs and then her production and songwriting like fit her into the like mainstream more yeah. in, a, in a more streamlined way. Yeah. The mainstream in a streamlined way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, so it, it seems like the time for her to hit. I also think it's important to point out it's, it's a long road from, straight up clean bubblegum shit yes. like it's From a long camp rock song that we listen yeah, to. yeah i think in in some cases it's hard and you know we've seen the the transition the not a girl not yet a woman transition like over and over from pop stars at this point and i think it's hard to remember that like the songs need to be good and they need to have like yeah. a little friction to them in order to really be to be something that sticks yeah and I think it, yeah, I think we take for granted how long it can take to figure out I mean, your, your, what you like, especially when you have been told what to like for so long at such an influential time in your life. And unlike Selena Gomez, I think that Demi Lovato's music has volume and like something you yes. can like latch onto and like Selena's very flat, but yeah. she's kind of had 
maybe you would say Selena's had a better career than Demi because oh, Selena's easily. way more marketable than Demi. Yeah. And I, I do think Demi's past probably makes it so people don't want to mess with her in you the know, same way. You don't think so? In some way, I might disagree with myself tomorrow, but I was just <laughs> thinking about this. In some ways, I actually think it's the opposite. I think there's something about Demi that is boring because of all this. She's always open. She's a totally open book. She has been a punk since she broke on the scene. Yeah. yeah. You know, like she was always a little alt. She was always a little troubled. Yeah. She was always open and silly and fun. And whereas Miley took this huge 180 and everybody was like, oh, we need to talk about it. And in doing so, you know, performed blackness in this exploitative way. And in doing so, you know, rubbed up on Robin Thicke or whatever. Started doing crazy amounts of ecstasy. God bless you. Yeah. Like there was all, you know, there was all this, um, these, these like head turns. Yeah. Double takes is what I'm trying to say. And with Demi, it was like, actually, if you listen to her first album, it just sounds like a 2008 version of what she's making now. That's not totally true. Like, but you can, you can see it's the same person. Yeah. Like you can feel that it's like that she's always just been who she is. Yeah. And in some ways, like, I think it's a little boring and I, I love that about her. I just can imagine right. for other people, there's like, Oh, what's there to say about Demi Lovato? Like, what do you have to, like, what is there to talk about? Oh, she did Coke. Oh, cool. Everybody did. What's the issue? I think you know, like that brings it back to Christine Aguilera. Cause I think Christine Aguilera also yeah. didn't have quite so many S curves yeah. in the road for That's, people yeah, to be exactly. like, Oh wow. Like she definitely did. You know, dirt dirty was, was a prime achievement, but also where do you go after those assless chaps? Like what, what other parts <laughs> of the pants must you remove in order to get attention? You, you can have knee windows <laughs> like those jeans that were popular like 18 months ago. <laughs> yeah, well, just well, now the pants are basically like a garter belt with pants attached to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that is, the style. Jean garters. Um, but I think I think you're right about the the hard the hard curves and how that's more interesting and kind of consumable as a story and a narrative for the public than a sort of gradual becoming yourself. I also do now right. think that your Brittany Miley comparison to your Christina Aguilera Demi is like a very, it's a very good one. Cause they're both, I Christina and Demi have, I think supremely better voices yes. than Miley and Brittany. But yet I, I think it's also that like perhaps Brittany and Miley are more, I just like, better looking but more like conventionally more conventional yeah better looking that like you see them more on the cover of magazines than you would see christina well they also have very they both had very what do i what what am i looking for almost cartoonish cartoonish images that they projected in uh you know very uh marketable ways and then broke really hard for purposeful um reasons like i mean here's the thing we t- t- say Miley Cyrus to me. I kn- I can think of images of Miley Cyrus. She have a large tongue. Uh, off uh, off the top of my head, she she like has produced iconic, iconic. visions versions of herself. Yep. And even after like spending most of this podcast or podcast recording, just like looking up different things about Demi Lovato and and looking at her over and over. I mean, she's she's a very pretty woman. She's gorgeous. But I'm like, and there's this- nothing. There's no icon right yeah here there's nothing that i'm like oh that she picture. changes constantly there's no yeah. meme there yeah. she's yeah. not like she's not a meme of a person um and so <laughs> what it's she's I mean, simply complicated. complicated she's simply 
Okay, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, that is perfect because it's like I mean, well, taking all the stuff that you're saying, where she just like she keeps she has the stuff that's troubling her and that is ongoing, um, and that is very serious. And uh, where we pray for you, Demi. Yeah. Uh, but like she just keeps producing stuff that is Demi Lovato material that gets a little better every time, and she's like on constantly more and more on the cusp of breaking it. But it's like she is. She's like a lunch pail pop star, you know. She just goes out there and records a good album and sings real well, uh, and and puts on the hits and I'm sure does a good concert. But it's like it's not it doesn't make headlines in the same she way does. in the in the other the other things do, except when she's having trouble. Yeah, she also like doesn't. I don't think that she is one of the pop stars that calls himself themselves a pop star mm-hmm. in the same way. She and actually, be- a lot of her. Well, yeah, I mean, I think this like this is something I've actually written about like on probably way too many occasions, like the that pop stars try to distance themselves from pop music and actually the people who are like leaning into like the beauty of and the like awesomeness of the genre and its conventions are much more indie. But like Demi is like a classic example of this because like yeah. she keeps making like awesome pop songs and I'm like maybe you'll talk about how much you love pop music and instead she'll be like you know I'm really influenced by R&B and gospel and you know <laughs> so she wants and to be I, a, I like li- she is like artist. if you listen to her, part of I think her problem with breaking it mainstream and I think she does this on purpose because she likes the music that she likes she does not make pop songs yeah sorry not sorry is totally a, a, an aberration from the rest of that album yeah like totally yeah it fits in it's not like you know it's cohesive but it's not what the rest of the album sounds like mm. and she she is so she kind of knows that in some ways so i think it's partly a choice what we're talking about is like it's not like she's trying and trying yeah. and trying and just can't do it she probably had sorry not sorry in her back pocket and the ability to do something like it for years you know and she did neon lights that was her edm you know moment and she you know, goes on DJ's songs when, you know, like, um, she performed with no Fallout Boy on a, like, oh. a late night television show. That sounds pretty dope. Maybe I'll look. I'll there was look. an extended segment in the documentary where she goes to emo night in LA and I guess she goes Oh, she often. loves, oh, she, lo- that's an amazing, oh my God, everybody should watch that part. That's like an amazing, amazing moment. That, that just yeah, tickled she, me. But R&B like, oh, is what's in her thing. heart. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. I think and that's so that's, a- you know, I think that's a good point of like, you know, a pop star who isn't into, you know, capital, capital P pop and is trying to be other things. And sometimes you just got to embrace I, it. Like, I mean, I like Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to tell anybody what to do. I know. But you got to kind of know what your, your, your lane is and just lean into it. Cause if you're, if you're constantly, but that's what she does. That's yeah. what she does. And I don't get yeah. this. And that's like, why you don't know her songs. That's true. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. okay. She doesn't need you to know her songs. You're right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> she loved her last album. She loved it. And that, that matters more than anybody else's opinion. She loved those songs because yeah. she knew exactly what she was doing. And I think it's interesting. And you can feel it. With what album is that? Her fifth like she fourth, f- fourth fifth, or fifth, fifth yeah. like she's clearly just getting wow, started yeah. getting her on the same wavelength as the uh, kind of stuff that well, she wants to be putting out yeah because i think in the very yeah. beginning she felt probably very pressured by disney and like kind of making this like bubblegum pop that like was never really her was just like not quite yeah, yeah. that's why i think she never also became like the leader in those in the disney in the circles yeah yeah the disney wars the disney wars <laughs> Um, 2010. <laughs> so to to the way she closes her the documentary is like basically just talking about how 
powerful music is to her as like a healing thing and how then she thus wants to make that for other people. But what does she say? Um, I know what music can get you through. I wanted to create that for other people. So I feel like that's, you know, if, if there is a way to wrap her in a bow, which I don't, um, and I, there maybe never will be a way to wrap her in a bow, but I do think that her relationship between like trauma and creating music to process trauma is, Probably yeah. I and maybe you can talk more about that, but it seems like one of the pri- primary tenets of what being a, a fan of Demi is. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, even some of the songs, like there's there are a few songs sober that we've talked about now, like multiple times on this, um, but I don't think we officially like said that it was a song that came out just a month or two before she was hospitalized, yeah. um, and it was her like public announcement that she, um, you know, wasn't wasn't sober anymore yeah there's no there's no nuance in that song it just is what it is but you know she has other songs that have been there's sometimes I'm like oh my goodness Demi like you don't have to tell me this if you don't want to like (laughs) really like it's so personal like and specifically songs she has written about her dad yeah like what you shared in the beginning like all of that stuff there's still this these moments like even when I was hearing you sharing that I was like oh my goodness like should we even know this? And then I'm like, oh, right. She's the one who told us like, you yeah. know, she has chosen to, to bring this in for us. But you know, I, um, she has, yeah, a few songs. What are they called? One is called father. One is called like for the love of a daughter. Um, and they're, they're just these, um, shouldn't come back. There are these like really daddy issues songs. Daddy issues. And then she actually, yeah. daddy issues was the one on this issue on this, every album, there's been a song about her dad. And this is the one that was like kind of making, kind of it seemed like you know, uh turning over new leaf for her it was really like kind of, of like dark, a fun though, <laughs> for like a light but, yeah. it's like a lightish yeah. song but it's still like i like you because i have daddy issues <laughs> pretty that's much. a great song that's yeah a great it's song. a very good beat but it's kind of fucked up if you listen to the lyrics <laughs> if, hannah if you but need literally a, like, uh, oh. if you need a concept for a, a, a b-sides playlist i think Pop songs about daddy issues would be kind of amazing because like that, everyone that has, awesome. oh my god, everyone has at least <laughs> one. Idea. When yeah. Beyonce has one, so like real. everybody's got Mariah, it. I'm sure uh-huh. I got one. Brittany, yeah. Oh my god, the whole gang. Okay, whole let's gang do here it. with daddy let's issues. Make it happen. <laughs> Oops, among us. <laughs> among us does not have an and it's amazing an issued father. Yeah. So I mean, there it's it's intense. I think from having this conversation, like this is one of the youngest people we've had, we've done an episode on. And I think that's clear of just like how many things, you know, she, we're definitely still in the middle of, of this particular of her life. Hopefully, you know, like yeah. it's, it's not, it's not neat. It's quite messy. Um, but she's also given so much kind of material from herself that, yeah. you know, so, so something that one of you mentioned offhandedly is that she was diagnosed bipolar. Yeah, when yeah. she was eighteen. Yeah. When she was 18, when she when so, she first went into treatment after she punched her backup dancer. So a decade ago at this point. Yeah. Um. So that is that is something that has provided context to this, but clearly, you know, she's in a relapse right now. You know, it, it is still affecting affecting her life. I, mm-hmm. I just didn't think that that's interesting. I mean, that's a, an intense experience. Bipolar megastar. Yeah. 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 And open about it. Like, was was she? Did she from the beginning come out with that or was that something in later I years? I don't remember it being what she came out with originally. I remember like finding it out much later, but yeah. I don't know if that was just me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I was going to also say like thinking about her and being 
26. I mean, Ariana Grande, also the same age, but how we know way less about Ariana Mm -hmm. compared to like, we know Demi's entire life. Yeah. Yeah. That like Ariana's we can piece together from her Instagram posts and like the little bit that we know about her and like the cloud emojis that she posts. But like Demi, we like, I mean, is she a big cloud emoji girl? We certainly know a lot about Pete Davidson through her. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, that, more, more than I, I thought so I wanted to know. I thought, I'm, frankly, more than I thought I would ever know <laughs> about him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Two, 2018 yeah. is the gift. That just and she going. even does that just to go back to like what you were saying about, um, uh, you know, how she how she tells these stories like through her art. It's like so much about like the lyrics and like we've talked about. It's not a, actually some of the songs are pretty nuanced and there's some pretty interesting if you like go to Genius and look at the different like. Um, interpretations like for example you don't do it for me anymore is a good example of a song that has multiple interpretations yeah but another example is like she does it through the music itself as well like i'm thinking about the song sober like if you listen to it not just because it's like a slow piano ballad and you're like oh this is sad and i can feel it because it's sad Mm -hmm. but even like the chorus itself is so propulsive in this way it's like and I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why I do it every, every time. It's like, yeah. you, it, it, it has this feeling when you're listening to it, like you're being dragged and then you trip. Like yeah. That's how the chorus feels to listen to it. And she's yeah. like trying to give you the emotional experience of like, I'm being pulled. It is like, I'm, and maybe even like push and I'm like falling on my face. And it's like this, it goes, it goes up, 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 up and down. It's like very intense. And she's very good at finding ways to like tell stories through the music and melodies um in addition to the lyrics and and the posts and you know everything she just really wants a full like emotional experience for people she has a lot of vocal control like i think that's like she has like like a ton of control over her her voice and what it does in comparison to like I would say Miley yeah. Cyrus, for example. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Demi is like supremely like, talented. Yeah. She, and, and more and more every year. She's get you can see, like, if you look at videos from the past few years, like, you can see her getting better and better every that, year. That she is the is. other insane thing. Like, yeah, it's, I think that it's rare to see a pop star who continues to get better at singing the longer their yeah. career is happening. Like, I don't know. Makes yeah. me. I want the best. I wish the best for Demetria. Yeah. I think the best is yet to come for her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, so usually in these in these in this show, the tension that we deal with is between what in like a big older rock memoir. Yeah. it's like what people choose to write about their lives and what we can infer about yeah. their actual lives. Yeah, from them, which is usually like a lot more stupidity from like a classic rock <laughs> memoir. And I think I feel like the tension here is that that she has this kind of radical transparency. Yes, um, which is freeing in a way and like uh, I imagine brings fans in I imagine compared to other people in her same market range she has maybe a smaller uh, fan base but a much more devoted one because the more open that you are willing to be Mm -hmm. with people the more that they will come in and sometimes that can be a bit of um, a bit of a trap for people because Mm -hmm. if you have a, a legion of people who are absolutely obsessed with you um, they can sometimes uh, that that obsession can sometimes come back around. Well, you feel like you know her. Oh yeah, yes. she yeah. feels like she's my friend, and then it you is, feel like yes. she belongs to you. It yeah. is a shout out, Shannon yes. Strucci. And she owes you something. Mm-hmm. It is a shout out, Shannon, Shannon Strucci. Parasocial relationship. Parasocial relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, go watch Shannon's videos on these on YouTube. 
Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's crazy. It, 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 this one feels like the tension is between the um, I'll say overshare for this the lack of a more conventional term. Mm-hmm. I mean, however much she wants to share is exactly how much she should share. But the the, yeah. the tension between the overshare of of what she she puts out and the the actual like fairly serious dark like trajectory of, yeah. of the thing it's 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 like it is it's kind of like radical transparency for a pop star you know? yeah well, and i think like, we're gonna find out you know in the coming years i mean if we had this conversation a few months ago well maybe one we wouldn't have but two yeah, like it, if it, it would have just been such yeah it would have been such um such a happy ending kind of story you know but there's and i you know i never had I didn't think that everything was perfect behind the scenes, but I did really believe what she was selling me, which is that she's doing okay. And that yeah. she, you know, every day is a struggle, but she's doing her best and she surrounds herself with good people and she knows what works for her and blah, all those things. And you know, what I'll be curious to learn again, and as much as she wants to tell us, like, was that ever true? Was that not the case? You know what? Yeah. And not that there's ever, you know, one or two things that set, that set someone off. Um, and it just makes you, you know, I, I do feel like there's this tension because we, we, I think we asked too much of her. Yeah. Um, totally. And, and, and I think I we think asked that, a, that was too much. We yeah. asked too much of anyone who comes out and says that they have a problem to fix yeah. it. Yes. We're not comfortable <laughs> yeah. when people continue to have problems. One of my favorite writers ever is Kat Marnell. I don't know if you guys have read her stuff at all, but she was a, a beauty editor uh, in like the traditional magazine publishing world who quit to do like public publicly do drugs and write about it for uh, Exo Jane and then Vice. Um, and she is uh, a writer who is unabashedly not in recovery not like is resisting the recovery narrative. And I think look, she's one of the only hmm. people who was even doing it of just being like, I, I've, I've done drugs. It's been awful. I will continue to do drugs. Uh, and I don't know when I'm going to stop. And I don't know what that means. Oh my goodness. And it's, in, in, it's so uncomfortable to be involved in that kind of ambiguity. Wow. And so I feel like, with Demi Lovato. That's so interesting. You, I would highly recommend everyone read Kat Marnell's memoir, How to Murder Your Life. <laughs> one of the one of the best memoir titles I've ever, ever heard of. Um, but like, yeah, Demi Lovato, I don't know what kind of pressure she's been through in these past few years of like what she said and what she hasn't said. And uh, I, I kind of hope we can continue to hear how this evolves. Yeah. I think also like when you consume music or if it's like reality stars, whatever these people you're escaping into their world. So like your world may be messed up, but you listen to them because you're like, but these people are perfect or like you watch this and you don't want to have think about, Oh, but Demi's actually very sad. And like, I don't want to think about that when I'm listening to her album, you know, or like that yeah. her, or I can listen to her songs for what they're worth, but I'm like, but she's actually okay. Yeah. Cause you want hope for yeah. yourself. Yeah. If you're hurting. You want to be like, Oh, right. well she went through this and I'm resonating with that right now. But like she had heartbreak. I, I hope had heartbreak. She's, like, yeah. she's good now. Yeah. So I hope I can be good too. <laughs> yeah. But I can check Instagram and I can see that she's doing fine right now. Yeah. So. And that's like, just to kind of come back around to the, like the, the oversharing point, like, that's the thing about being famous and sh- sharing things about your life is like, no matter what you share, your fan base is going to want one degree more mm-hmm. of what you give. Yeah. I mean, some people want many degrees more, the weirdos, but th- in general, they want the, foot pics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Show the feet, sweetie. Uh, <laughs> Gross. 
That's what they, that's what they say. That's what they say. That's what they say. It just you made know? me feel weird hearing it come out of your mouth. I've, but like, that's the point. Is like, <laughs> you, you can be the most generous performer to your fan base, and that same generosity will attract the kind of people who want more generosity from you. And it's a very like unfair cycle, but it's essentially true. Mm-hmm. And you know, like in the in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about like the McElroys have this problem in yeah. podcasting where they are very generous with their fan base, and their fan base then becomes extremely demanding of them. Uh, that happened to Halsey. Not to would you like to finish? No, I mean it's just like frankly, I, I mean I go back and forth on this because I love interacting with people who know work that I've done because I'm uh, uh, a, a pig for praise, and I just gobble it up uh, <laughs> like a bunch of fucking truffles. But honestly, the part of me that's like the true real performer that actually has command over themselves and the thing that they do would just never interact with their fans. You know, but then it would be like Jandek or somebody is like the perfect. I don't know if you guys know this is a person who just uh, out of a P.O. box in Texas released dozens of like obscure folk albums over uh, the years. uh, Weirdo, noisy folk rock albums over the years and developed a cult following and never released any information other than the word Jandek in a P.O. box in Texas um, for years and years and years. And in a way, I think that it, that is like the uh, in some realms, like a realm of pure fame where you never interact with anybody. You never give any mm-hmm. openness. The only thing that exists is the art that you put out right. under your own terms. Um, you know, it's a it kind of a weird digression to go up in here, but yeah, it's like this cons- takes me. consuming the art versus consuming the artist. Yes, exactly. When you set the stakes yeah. at like at nil, then mm. you don't. You're never yeah. gonna owe that increasing like. And then you don't of get into that negotiation payoff. of being like, "I'm giving you so much, and yet you want more from me." Uh, right. I like, yeah. You know. Or it's like I love Demi Lovato's music, but I don't like Demi as a person. Right. You know? Exactly. Like, uh, and you get into this weird Disney. Ew! Channel. I would punch whoever said that. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying as the example. The fucking rudest, this, like, rudest thing anybody could. Have weird Disney Channel vacation thing where we get somebody who was cast on a TV show in a TV show about them being famous, who then became famous because of their TV show, and now we're talking about their personal life beyond their fame. Like, yeah, it it it. Be, it immediately goes down this unending hole. Yes. We also have to always remember the flip side. And as someone who like is not actually a part of the Demi Lovato fan community, but definitely dabbles in that community. Like there are pretty beautiful aspects Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. the way that she has been um, open. Like if you want to cry at a YouTube video, which I always do, um, you should search um, a few days after her, after she went to the hospital I don't think we had heard much from her at all. She was scheduled to perform. Um, you know, she was in the middle of her tour mm-hmm. um, and was scheduled to perform. And a, like a bunch of fans, I'm going to cry talking about this. It's so <laughs> sweet. A bunch of fans like went to the venue at the mm-hmm. time of the concert and sat outside and like sang her songs Aww. and just like did a concert for themselves. Yeah. And it was like, and they're all just like crying and hugging. And it was like very, very sweet. And so there's like, I don't know. The P.O. box thing seems like the most boring music I could ever if I, I like that is like so unappealing to me as the kind of consumer of art yeah. that I am. Like I, love the I I just like that. 
that could nothing could be worse to me. Like that yeah. sounds yeah. so un like I I do need more and I um I don't feel bad about that because I do think that I can make sure that I, you know, I see the the people um in their full context um and as full humans. But I think that we're, you know, on the same page in terms of there are our a lot of times where it does feel like we yeah. we ask and that to, much. And, and to be clear that the thing about giving to your fans is that you have given something and that people yeah. take, take something away that is often extremely positive and especially for like actually normal fans is usually just like oh I love that this person has has granted me this information about them or just music I care about them or, or just music <laughs> yeah. or, or whatever right. well I know this podcast is not about Ariana Grande but as I sent this to podcast Hannah, is not about <laughs> I sent sent to Hannah. There's this whole thing about Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson adopting a baby pig, and I was like, "Just came out today." Dear God, now so many people are going to be adopting baby pigs. Did they also get a tattoo of the pig today? Oh, that maybe. But still, though, but like people will like be like, "Well, Ariana Grande did it. Like, I can Uh, have a baby. I know, maybe want a pig. Uh, Just beware of the baby pigs because sometimes Sometimes they are not baby. Yeah, I know they're not. Yeah, it's true. You get a pig fraud of a big pig (laughs) that you then raise. It's so true. I've that Pete said he got a teacup pig, but he actually got a big pig, and I think that's the oh, joke. Okay. That's He's a, a comedian. Uh, big pig energy. Big pig <laughs> energy. Anyway, just a thought on fandom and pigs. Right, <laughs> should, should really on, wrap this up. Next on episode on Ari Arian introducing. Arian introducing. <laughs> uh, we should really wrap this up. Let's move confidently into the end of this episode here. Uh, Becky and Hannah, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Yes. Today, thank this you. Was yeah, thank extremely you. informative. Either of you, is there anything you would like to plug on the way out? Sure. Well, I have a newsletter that is full of New York City local politics and pop culture, and I will send you guys the link on how you can subscribe. Great. All, all sorts of New York City local politics? Yes. You'll learn a lot of things. Even if you don't live in the New York City area, it's always good to know what's going on in the best city on earth. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> that's just facts. And Hannah, how about you? Yes. Um, I also have a newsletter. We love, we are shilling for MailChimp secretly, actually. Um, <laughs> I run. <laughs> Guys, remember um, MailChimp? I run, <laughs> no. We have a MailChimp Mail, on Mail top, Kemp? Figurine on Mail top Kemp? of our MailChimp. Yeah. Mail Those were innocent, more innocent. I, anyway, sorry. Go on. <laughs> I run the B-Sides. It's a pop music and politics uh, analysis and appreciation project. Um, you get weekly playlists of underrated pop music and some context to make sense of it all. Um, and you could subscribe to the newsletter, um, which only comes out in full once every three weeks. So it's not a ton. You don't get a ton of, of, of writing and emails to keep up with <laughs> at bit.ly slash listen to the B-sides. Um, and Instagram, you can follow me at listen to the B-sides. Sweet. Wonderful. It's a quality, both are quality publications. You also can follow me on Twitter at Becky Talks Fast. <laughs> Forgot to plug that. Always plug the Twitter. Um, would I like to plug anything? Yes. Follow me on Instagram at uh, Instagram.com slash the Molly Zone. That's T H E M O L L Y Z O N E. I put videos there. I'm going to boost myself up because no one's going to do it for me. Take control of your lives. That's one thing Demi says in her in 365 days a year, <laughs> staying strong. Dream your, she, she says like, follow your dreams. And you know what? God damn it. I'm going to follow my dream. Yes. You can follow me on Instagram. Uh, Molly has, she been- also says this. I like this. Well, one of the things she says is you should, you should walk around as if you're wearing an invisible crown. 
Hell yeah. Just have the confidence of someone who's wearing an invisible crown. I love it. I love that. Uh, Molly has been your Insta. Molly has been shooting uh, many live uh, shows around New York. A lot of live good punk punked style rock and roll music. Yeah. Uh, in many local venues and putting them into little uh, uh, preview videos that I think are quite good. Molly also directed her first music, music video, video recently, which will be launching soon. So what? watch that space. A Demi Lovato music video? It is not a Demi Lovato music video. <laughs> uh, Maybe someday. Yes. It is for the band, uh, the excellent Brooklyn-based band, Shy Baby. Um, you follow them on all social media. The song was very catchy. I shot, shot second camera for this video. Uh, and job. I had the song stuck in my head for days. That should be coming out Im- soon, imminently? soon. Can we upgrade that soon to imminently? Uh, Can you give me an imminently? I'm going to use my fa- my fa- one of my favorite phrases, which is watch this space. Okay, great. <laughs> watch, watch this space, uh, and the video will come out. Um, yeah, I'm super. I'm super proud of it. If you're if you have a band and you're listening to this and you want to make a music video, email email me. Yes, yes. Let Molly direct your music videos. Yeah. Um, and follow her on Twitter at uh, at Miss Molly Mary. And follow me on Twitter at. Say what again? I am say what again. And follow us on Twitter at and intro pod and send us an email at andintroducingpod at gmail.com. And our SoundCloud is, as always, at soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and you should rate and review us too because that does something in iTunes and I haven't checked those in forever. Maybe it there's helps. some good rates. But like, only if you're going to just leave real positive vibes squad. Yeah. Please, yeah. Po- yeah. positive vibes only. Pretend that we are an Uber who yeah. got you to a place without smelling too weird. Yes. without With just the right amount of inscrutable uh, perfumes <laughs> throughout the car. <laughs> and maybe a free water bottle in the back or even an offer of a stick of gum. That we only encourage you to take once and not overbearingly so. We, we have waters. We, we have, have waters. Just keep... Did you know we had waters? Did you see that? We had all the waters that you could want yeah. uh, to take. Uh, anyway, we'll be back in another two weeks uh, with another story of popular music biography yes. here on your favorite podcast. It's called And Introducing. Introducing.